We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It is 790 The Ticket Radio Rewind. Running back some of the best audio you've heard here on 790 over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day. <sighs> and it's so good to be here with you. Been working with the Heat nonstop, doing some executive producing with my guy Marcos Gonzalez. No Heat game tonight, so that means we get to spend quality time together. As always, when you listen to the Heat games right here on 790 The Ticket and everything goes right, that's me. If everything goes wrong, that's me take the blame not going to take the blame though on the way you're going to be entertained by the likes of tobin and leroy they are going to be talking oh yeah about what chris greer and brian flores are feeling right now zaslo and amber going to be talking all things dolphins and sports with steve palazzolo and then hawk and crowder could this be the final tuesday we have ever Eh, we'll see about all that Plus a whole lot more fun. But right now, let's get to headlines. Last night in his first start of the season, Kelly Olynyk scored 19 and led the Heat to a 118-90 victory over Oklahoma City. Next up, the Celtics tomorrow at 7.30. The Canes basketball team will take on North Carolina tonight at 8. Miami is 4-4 overall, but 0-3 in the ACC. Canes defenseman Patrick Joyner will enter the transfer portal. Overall, though, Miami is expected to have a strong upcoming freshman class. Browns coach Kevin Stefanski and five others on the team have tested positive for COVID-19. Cleveland is still scheduled to face Pittsburgh in the playoffs Sunday at 8.15. The Heisman Trophy will be awarded tonight at 7. Alabama receiver Devonta Smith is expected to win. Inter Milan's trademark win over Inter Miami has been upheld on appeal. This could prompt the Miami club to change its name in the future. The Charlotte Checkers are one of three teams who have opted out of the upcoming American Hockey League season due to COVID concerns. The Checkers are the Panthers' affiliate. And now, oh yeah, you know what time it is. It is time to take a step into the day spa. (sighs) Residents of Queens, New York are reporting a spike in squirrel attacks. Is this a case of COVID or just New York being New York? A jeweler in India has broken the record for most diamonds on a ring using over 12,500 on a single piece. Bling, bling. Every time I come around, they say the same thing. Bling, bling. A bluefin tuna in Tokyo sold for over 200,000 American dollars. I'm guessing it won't be used to make chicken of the sea. A woman was shocked when her mother-in-law recently returned her Christmas gift and told her that she did not like it and she deserves a better one. 
Ooh. If she did that, imagine what she said to her son about his marriage. Oh. To the Exergen Weather Center. Tonight's forecast mostly clear with temperatures around 70. Ah, uh, yes. It may be the evening now, but the mornings belong to Tobin and Leroy. They're getting you up and they're getting you going weekdays from 6 to 10 right here on 790 The Ticket. Tobin is back from vacation and fresh as ever, ready to push Leroy's buttons. You know, Leroy and I, both from New Orleans, we share that bond. I love the way Leroy breaks things down and tries to keep it real. I like the way Tobin pushes his buttons and in a way doesn't keep it as real. Then Robbie the Degenerate there talking about gambling going crazy. So much fun, so much good. So earlier this morning, what did they talk about? Well, what will Chris Greer and Brian Flores say about Tua Tagovailoa? And get those backups lined up. We got a big Dolphins day today, as we'll hear from Coach Brian Flores and Chris Greer. Assess the season, Leroy. State of the team. And also state of catfish rumors with uh, Chan Gailey. Chris Greer, Brian Flores set to speak to the media today. And uh, one of the pressing questions is going to be, will Tua Tagovailoa be the starting quarterback next year? Interesting. Leroy, Leroy how's he going to answer that? How, 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 what's Flores going to say? He's going to say, like, uh, so right now, you know, Tua's going to be our starter. He, yeah. he's, he's, got, he's had some... You know, time to develop. Uh, he's had some good moments and some bad ones, but I feel that you know, right now he's going to be our quarterback of the future. I like we, that. Well, don't he's going to throw? We have a lot of confidence into it. Got to throw that in there. Robbie, save that for tomorrow so we can uh, we can sync that up with <laughs> Brian Flores and see how accurate Leroy was. Oh, right, what, what about asking? Uh, they're going to ask Chris Greer if they're thinking about taking a quarterback with that third pick in the draft. Well, right now we have we're in the beginning uh, stages of uh, draft preparation. Our season just ended, so what we're going to do is we're going to go and and sit as a, a uh, evaluate, you know, all positions. Um, but uh, right now we have a lot of confidence in what Tua can do. He's had some good moments and some bad moments, but that's all part of growing as a young quarterback in this league. But as far as the draft, uh, we haven't really, you know, honed in on it yet. Yeah, a lot of time. A lot of time. Yeah, I think you nailed it. I think you nailed it. I think it's exactly what he's going to say word for word. Save that for tomorrow, Robbie. We got to agree. But but you guys guys know this, but we're still going to come in and talk for four hours about it. Yeah. Right. Of course. What have you seen? Well, you gotta, well listen, you got to see the side. Don't forget, remember when, when Brian Flores was doing verbal tick Tua? You know, and he was saying his answer. You're going to, uh, to, uh, to uh, get ready to play. And then we're like, wait a minute. What were you saying just there, Flo? So I just got to know. I got I to gotta see, what, see what's what. You got to see how, uh, how they're reacting to certain things. It's a I thing. Guys, those guys, you know, they wanted to play, each one of them. They fought their way, their way into getting into practice and trying to go. And at the end of the day, we just felt like it was the best decision for them individually and us as a team to uh, not to play them. So, Yep. See? It was all right there. You just got to know where to look, Leroy. I got you. I will say this. I saw Barry Jackson wrote in the Miami Herald that uh, Fitzpatrick will likely be asked to return. Don't do it. Why not? Don't do it. Go get yourself a non gimmick backup quarterback you know what go get yourself you know you know who i'd love the dolphins to go go get me a matt Moore. you know go get me uh is it better than them go get go get me a mccown yeah patrick's better than them i don't care about better i don't in fact i don't want him to be better really so yeah yeah. 
So so you don't think you do your team a disservice if you don't have the best possible guy? I don't want my franchise quarterback always having to look over his shoulder. All right, he the is you, you, you know you know when you stop looking over your shoulder, you play better. Well, it's going to be That'll tough. stop it. He's already got it, – it's already – you know, I was just taking this course the other day, Leroy, uh, at, at our company. You know, there's there's a, there's a little thing I like to call uh, the halo system. And so he's already got it, a built-in relationship with Chan Gailey that Tua's never going to be able to reach. He'll never be able to get the past. If he plays Tua's well enough, young. he will. Nah, I'm telling you. It's already, it's already a built-in work bias. And so you got to tell this old man to hit the bricks. Yeah, go bring Chad Henney back. You know, have him back up. He, yeah, he, he's not bothering anybody in Kansas City. Mitch we'll give Rudock some run. Rudock. This Jake Rudock, he's been here forever. When does Rudock get his chance? You will be the first person rats off a ship and saying, "Why didn't we just keep Fitzpatrick?" Nope, nope, I definitely won't. What if about they don't? If, if they don't bring Ryan back for Ryan Fitzpatrick, I promise you'll never hear a peep out of me. So you don't want to bring him back because he's too good? Ah, I wouldn't say too good. Too appealing to the powers that be. That means too good because if he nope. sucked, nobody would care. It, all right, I'll tell you what I mean. All right, let's say, let's say I'm trying to, you know, we're 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 coming up in this business world, right, Leroy? We're about to go on a trip, maybe go to Tennessee. You know, there's gonna be some boots given away, something like that. But they want to <laughs> go with, but you know, our sales manager's got a real good relationship with Roger, the sales guy. Yeah, he thinks he's charismatic. He's got a beard. He's wacky. Roger likes to buy rounds for everybody. You know, and maybe he's he's past his prime. Every once in a while, you know, he'll pull an account out of his, you know what. But really, he's kind of hindering the business because he could be a snake. He can undercut some of the youngins when it comes. You know, he goes to, I'm not going to just say any manager, let's say Golen, and he could say, ah, you know what, I actually came up with that. Don't think the young guy's so ready. Why don't you bring me to Tennessee and we could do those types of things, you know, get some whiskey with the old, uh, you know, Bolo account. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Sometimes you need to clean house. But why are you cleaning house? You're not cleaning house here. At some point, regardless of how you feel about a player, if that player makes your team better, you keep him. Simple as that. Text writes in, Fitzpatrick, not too good, too average. Average NFL quarterback is very tempting to put in. That's what a backup quarterback is. I want a little below that. <laughs> Why? So they never have to take two out? Right. A Glennon? But, a what, Glennon. but what? But what? A Minshew. Go get me a Minshew. But what, but what if you do that and something happens to your quarterback and you have a good team, As but you're say, out your starting quarterback. Damage is done, my friend. Do you believe Tua's going to be the franchise quarterback? Yes. Find out tomorrow on Rats Off a Ship. If you believe that, it doesn't matter who the backup quarterback is. Now, if you have questions about it, it's not that you have questions about the backup. It's that you have questions about the starter. Because guess what? Is Aaron Rodgers worrying about, uh, what's his name, Jordan? Uh, Love. Jordan Love? Yeah. He wasn't happy. Is he worried about him? No, nah, but that's different. Like no, no, Rod, it's not. Aaron, no, it's it, not. It is. It no, it's is. not. If it you are going to be a franchise quarterback, it doesn't matter who the backup is. Wait. But if you're not going to be the franchise quarterback, those questions loom. Guess nope. what? Guess, guess what? who's guess who's on I'll the hot seat you're I'll talking about I'll right I'll now? I'll guess who's on the hot seat of the quarterback you're talking about right now? Carson Wentz. Fractured relationship. Guess who was on? Guess who was on that two years ago? 
But Carson Wentz was uh, right. Carson, no. Wentz, Carson Wentz was right. As soon as they drafted Jalen Hurts, there were reports that he was pissed. Rightfully so, because he knew that they already fallen out of favor. Man, at and some point, to bring, at to bring, some point, you have to have confidence in what you're doing, and who is behind you doesn't matter. You, you, okay, you know, if you have problems with that, then you have doubts about what you're doing. Because even with that same team, think back to the days, Leroy, like you said with the Packers, how pissed Brett Favre was. Rightfully so, because he knew they were eventually going to move on. Hey, question. Somebody brought this up. Yeah. Read this texter. Matt Barkley lit it up against the Dolphins on Sunday. But I promise you, Josh Allen ain't worried a bit. Yeah, but, but, but Matt Barkley, nobody's ever even thought of him since UFC. He's not a gimmick. He's not, he's not some road show. Did you just say UFC? Huh? You did. I think you did say UFC. Oh. <laughs> like, what, was he fighting heavyweight division? <laughs> ah, Fighters Fury, Sundays at 10 a.m. So, uh, so no, no. Like, if if you don't look, there's backups at every position. When you start worrying whether the backup is going to take your job, that means you have doubts about what you're doing. I remember Brian and Drew. And you ain't a franchise quarterback anyway. Brian Drew, he threw a huge fit when the Browns are going to move up and get Bo Callahan, and Brian Drew wasn't having it. But, but I'm just saying, like, like, yeah, come on. That's what I'm saying. I'm not worried about my backup. No one's coming to back me up. I don't have any backup here. And if I did, I wouldn't be afraid. Well, unless they were good. No, I'm kidding, absolutely. Tua's going to be okay. Let's not hit all these panic buttons and get all crazy. Zaslow and Amber, they're more than okay. Every single day, they are bringing it to you from 10 to 2 right here on 790 The Ticket. Up next, they're talking some Tua. They're talking some Dolphins. They are talking quarterbacks with sports extraordinaire Steve Palazzolo here on 790 The Ticket Radio Rewind. This is 790 The Ticket Radio Rewind. Running back some of the best audio you've heard here on 790 over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day and happy 52nd birthday to a man from a deep, dark place. That deep, dark place, Canton, Ohio. Huh? That's right, Canton, Ohio. Known for the NFL Hall of Fame and Marilyn Manson. Once again... Huh? Nonetheless, happy birthday, Marilyn Manson, 52 years old today. Here's a little of his Sweet Dreams cover. I remember growing up Marilyn Manson on MTV and everything. Oh my goodness, the devil is taking over. And I really thought for a while he had aspirations to take over the world and just make it a very evil place. And then I got a little bit older and I was like, oh, Alice Cooper already tried that. Wait, is he Alice Cooper's kid? And then I started saying, oh, Marilyn Manson, he's all right. And then you hear these tunes and you say, yeah, he's cool. He's not taking over the world and making it a devil worshipping world so the Kenton Ohio birthday boy Marilyn Manson 52 years old I'm glad though at the same time he didn't take over the world and turn it into just a 
mess and hodgepodge of craziness. COVID-19 did that, though, so congratulations, I guess. I don't know. One good thing in the world every day, Zazzle and Amber, weekdays from 10 to 2, making it happen earlier today, talking with Steve Palazzolo. Tua, he's okay. But is that a good thing or a bad thing? Also, they rate the Dolphins' QBs. Arm strength. Oh, yeah, they talk about quarterback arm strength, not to mention who do they think the Defensive Player of the Year is, and a couple of thoughts on Zach Wilson. Steve Palazzolo, senior analyst at Pro Football Focus, kind enough to join us here. Steve, thanks a lot for your time. Are you holding up okay during the pandemic? Everything's okay on your end? Yeah, going well. Not too bad over here. So, look, it's a big topic of conversation for us, obviously, with the season over and the Dolphins missing the playoffs. We're talking about the quarterback, and we want to look to you guys, Pro Football Focus. Want you to help us out. Try to try try to bring us closer to the truth here. What's real? What's not? Based on what we saw out of the rookie quarterback, how did he grade out for you guys? Yeah, I mean, Tua was he was average. He was just okay. I mean, below average when compared to the rest of the NFL quarterbacks. Um, he was definitely the, the third best of the the first round rookies that played between Burrow and, and Herbert. Um, so I think that was pretty clear. You know, I, I know I understand the other circumstances too, coming off the injury, and everybody had the the odd you know twenty twenty pandemic year, difficult for rookies regardless. So. You know, he was he was just okay. I think the big thing with Tua, he had some interception luck early on. I know going into the last game, hey, he's only got two picks. He's doing great. By our numbers, he didn't. You know, he was putting the ball in harm's way a little bit more than we would have liked, and that reverted back just a little bit against the Bills. So uh, my concern with Tua, I think it's just the downfield uh, passing attack, just really uh, lowest percentage of big-time throws. Those are our highest-graded throws at PFF. He didn't have at all, and I think that's where I think you just saw the limitations between uh, him and Fitzpatrick when that Dolphins offense, uh, based off how both the guys ran that Dolphins offense. Yeah, you mentioned Fitzpatrick there, so I'm curious. Do you guys have gradings? I mean, a lot of the argument down here is, well, Tua doesn't have the weapons around him, and certainly the receiving core could use some work, so could the running backs here for the Dolphins. But Fitzpatrick, it looked like, when they were even in the same games, that Fitzpatrick was out playing Tua, and obviously in the same games, you had the exact same weapon. So that's my concern. Do you guys have gradings on Fitzpatrick versus Tua? Fitzpatrick finished at 21st overall for us from a grading standpoint. Tua was in the 30s. Actually, I got to – yeah, no, that's it, yeah. Tua was in the 30s. Fitzpatrick definitely played better. And then I think the the thing with Fitz, too – He's always, I always call him YOLO balls. You know, he just, you know, throws it up there and, and gives this guy's opportunity. <laughs> good name. Yeah, right? And sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, but I think that aggressiveness, the style in which you get graded, right? You could have some really bad plays, but you have some really good ones. Or in Tua's case, it's just more conservative in general. Not a ton of negatives, not a ton of positives. So with Fitzpatrick, it's a more volatile style, an aggressive style, which can lead to really great outcomes or bad outcomes. And I think what we saw was the you saw like the Raiders game was a really great outcome. He chucked it up the seam to Mike Gusecki, you know, hits the cover two shot, if you will, with his face getting torn off. Those are the plays that won the game for the Dolphins. So I think the aggressive style of Fitzpatrick, even without great playmakers, was a big reason why the efficiency was much better with him at the helm. Now, because Fitzpatrick's so aggressive, he also has a very quick release. I think he's got either the quickest or the second quickest release in the NFL, something like two and a half seconds, at least it was earlier this season. And I'm curious, we've had a lot of conversation down here about this O-line. It's a young O-line. There's rookies on it. Nationally, there was this commentary that the Dolphins' O-line is 
terrible. And that's why Fitzpatrick has to release the ball so quickly. We had a theory down here that Fitzpatrick releases the ball so quickly anyways, because that's sort of the type of quarterback that he is. And so some of those O-line holds, the stats might be a bit off. Why would you hold your holds the same uh, length of time if you have a quarterback getting the ball out in two and a half seconds? How did this O-line grade with the numbers that you guys have? Yeah, we're actually, somebody just dropped a note in one of my chats with our most updated offensive line rankings to try to get our final consensus. And um, it's an interesting discussion. I would say that the the point about Fitzpatrick, the quarterback release time has far more to do with the quarterback, his style, the system that's being run, and the wide receivers. When you have receivers who get open quickly, you get rid of the ball. Or when you have a shorter passing game in general, or a quicker passing attack, you get rid of the ball quickly. So I think it's not him rushing his throws because the offensive line is bad. It's more that's the way they're playing. With the Dolphins, though, we still rank them as one of the worst offensive lines in the league. They'll be bottom 10 or bottom 11 from a pass protection standpoint. But from a run blocking standpoint, they were the third worst team by our numbers this year. So that's where I think overall, and I know run, the run blocking goes, you know, tight ends are involved and fullbacks and everything. But there was still a below average line overall. I think they improved a little bit in pass protection and you know to your point you've got the rookies out there all the young kids that are trying to find their way but austin jackson i don't think he was great in in what happens when when fitzpatrick gets rid of the ball in 2.2 or 2.3 seconds if you get whooped at left tackle it doesn't matter you're not there's no pressure on him anyway but for us we still might give it a bad grade so um i think all of the uh robert hunt was the best of the of the young kids but um i think they still have a little ways to go as far as improving in pass protection and especially in the run game steve is there a comp that you can come up with uh to make us feel good not bad is there a comp that you can come up with uh that performs similar to tua's rookie season and ends up you know be it a year two years later whatever ends up being a very good quarterback yeah, I mean, just grading standpoint, I can look at Derek Carr. Um, you can look at Matthew Stafford. They're, they're very different styles quarterbacks, but Derek Carr was not good as a rookie, and he was excellent in year two. Um, I think Matthew Stafford as a rookie looked way over his head, and then by 2010, 2000, 2010 he was hurt, but showed some signs, and then 2011 looked great. The guy that I really want to comp Tua to, though, is, is Jimmy Garoppolo, and I did that when he came out of the draft. I think they, they both play the game very quickly. Quick release, everything's great. I, I don't think I don't think Tua's arm is that great. Um, I know Trent Dilfer called him Dan Marino, and I like Trent. He's a buddy, but, man, I just don't see it. So I think Tua has to play fast. He has to anticipate, and he has that in him, and I think that will continue to get better. But I think his margin of error compared to, say, a Justin Herbert with his cannon for an arm or Josh Allen, it's just, it's just tighter. It's smaller. So um, I think Tua just reminds me of Garoppolo. And we saw Garoppolo go to the Super Bowl when everything around him was great. You got a great play caller. You got some playmakers who make plays in space. It was a short passing game. They have the run game and play action. Everything kind of came together. I think Tua could absolutely do that. I think Garoppolo is a pretty good proxy for what he can become. Or, and, and that might sound good or it might sound bad because, look, Garoppolo is a middle-of-the-pack middle type of quarterback in today's NFL, but you can win with those guys if everything around them is really good. I know you're pro-football focus. This might be a silly question, uh, but I just thought of it when you were discussing to his arm strength because I mentioned to Zaslow earlier in the show that I don't know about Tua's arm because we haven't seen him air it out this season. And Zaslow thought I was ridiculous because we saw him do some of that at Bama. I don't know if you collect any numbers on that. Is there any reason to believe from the numbers that Tua has a strong arm? No, it's tough to pull out 
arm strength, I, I think, with the numbers. But, yeah, we graded all of his college tape. We, we grade everybody in college. I think, you know, you have he had massive windows to throw to at Alabama. And, it, again, from an arm strength standpoint, it, he reminded me a little bit of Garoppolo, a little bit of Marcus Mariota, where they rely more on release rather than straight, pure velocity. And Tua did not have very many tight window throws at Alabama. We do track that stuff, too. I mean, he really only had a handful, so you didn't really get to test it a ton and then the windows just get slightly tighter at the NFL level and tough to predict. But again, I think we saw that in the Buffalo game, you know, there's deep comeback to Devontae Parker where Parker had to come back an extra two yards to get it. And there's just, you know, it's just a little off, but I think that might get a little bit better as Tua plays uh, slightly quicker, even though he's already pretty quick going through his progressions. Yeah. Steve, I don't know if you made us feel better. About I don't Tua feel situation. better. I don't feel better Listen, about here's, Tua. Here's the life. Of, I, I always make this statement. There's, 10 to 15 middle tier quarterbacks in the NFL. And they're the guys where you can watch if you're on Twitter during the game and you're a fan, you'll have something to talk about. If you don't like the guy, you'll have something to talk about. There'll be some highs and lows in the middle. But most of the NFL is this middle class of quarterbacks where everything needs to be great around them, which is why until you know, you have that uh, your top 10 guy or top eight guy, you should still be considering other quarterbacks, which is why when the dolphins are blessed with the number three overall pick, they should probably be considering a Justin Fields or a Zach Wilson if they're available, just because you don't know for sure that two is the guy going forward. Now, I know you have your most recent episode of Pro Football Focus NFL Daily is about how Aaron Donald should be the defensive player of the year. We think Xavier Howard should be the defensive player of the year. Is there anything to support that? Because we think Xavier Howard is, uh, is certainly deserving of that, but maybe not getting the attention nationally because he's on the Dolphins. No, I, I don't think it has anything to do with the Dolphins, or no, at least not from our perspective. He's got he had 10 interceptions. That was incredible. I think my argument against it is at PFF, we pride ourselves on grading, you know, a thousand snaps, not just 10. Right. And so the 10 interceptions, you don't see it often. It was awesome. Um, he was an outstanding playmaker this year. He still also gave up 695 yards in coverage. Um, he was, our, you know, he was the best coverage corner in the NFL, but he still gave up a lot. And Aaron Donald and TJ Watt snap for snap were just a better player. I think than than Howard. So that would be my argue, argument against. I think in another year where Aaron Donald isn't there, TJ Watt's not there, the 10 interception guy, you know, that, that number pops, but I would probably go Donald just for that down-to-down consistency. What do you do, Steve? Number three overall pick, do you say, hey, let's give Tua the best opportunity to be a successful quarterback and pair him back up with Devonta Smith? Or how do the other quarterbacks who are coming out look? Because, you know, like you said, until you know that you got a great one, keep selecting them. What do you do there? Yeah, so that's it, it's more my theory. A lot of us at PFF agree on this theory. It, it, it's one of those, like, I don't care about the locker room. I don't care about feelings. I would continue to draft quarterbacks um, until you know. I think the Arizona Cardinals doing what they did a couple years ago was the right thing to do. And it's not, and it has nothing to do with Tua. It more has to do with the next guy, you know. And it, 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 do I like Tua? Yeah. Can he develop? Yeah. But the, the, the payoff of hitting on a quarterback is just so astronomical. It's so much... Like, they could add Panay Sewell, they could add Devontae Smith, Jamar, Jamar Chase, they could add any of those guys. They will not make the impact then that, that, would, that would occur if, say, they got a Zach Wilson and he was a top-ten quarterback. You know, worst-case scenario, you bring two in, you let them compete. One of them still probably has value even if they lose, you know, in the competition and you try to flip them. And it, but, you know, giving up multiple first-rounders in a couple of years to find your quarterback is absolutely worth it. So I would lean quarterback, but I know it's not really the common move around the NFL. So um, I'm not sure that we'll necessarily uh, – you'll see that from the Dolphins come April. So, Steve, if Zach Wilson had this year, last season, he was entering the draft last year, 
Where would Pro Football Focus have rated as far as drafting Zach Wilson or Tua Tagovailoa? Um, he probably would have been in Tua's range, which again is the interesting component here, right? Each quarterback, it, it, when you evaluate quarterbacks, it's not always as simple as this guy's one, this guy's two, this guy's three. They all come with this wide, with this range of outcomes, and you're just hoping to hit on the high end range. Of, you're just trying to hit the guy that has the higher range of outcomes. And Tua still has a high one. I still think it's okay. Wilson probably has slightly better tools, I think, as far as arm talent goes and everything. So you might want to lean that way. But I think they would be in a similar, you know, top 10 range as far as, you know, draft projection goes. What did you make of Herbert going into the draft? I had concerns about him because of how he played at Oregon as far as his, his, his accuracy wasn't great. And he never really improved. At Oregon, and then you see how well he played with the Chargers. And I think there's some stuff that he did that's really not sustainable. He had the highest grade, PFF grade under pressure, which sounds great, but it's really tough to sustain. So that'll regress. But his arm strength played at the NFL level, and I think you know he was able to get the ball down the field so efficiently. And I think we're starting to see the arm talent guys, so to speak, the Herberts and Josh Allen's of the world, uh, really develop more than we have in the past. And I think it's maybe something the NFL is going to take notice of even more, maybe than they did in the past. Herbert was very impressive as a rookie, far more than I expected. Steve Palazzolo sounds very confident. Sounds like he knows what he's doing. It just seems like he's going in the wrong direction. Talking bad about Tua, talking about drafting another quarterback, talking about Zayvon Howard not being the NFL's defensive MVP, talking about Justin Herbert being the man. I like his confidence. Like I said, I just don't like the direction. Always like Zaslow and Amber weekdays from 10 to 2. Zaslow also does the pregame for all the Heat games. There's a Heat game tomorrow. My man Marcus Gonzalez going to be executive producing, going to give me the night off so I can celebrate my birthday. That's right. That's how you say it in the South. Bird day. New Orleans. New Orleans accents. And now I just kind of make it a joke. Bird day instead of birthday. Nonetheless, I'm going to be at 26 Degree Brewing tomorrow night for a little bit of trivia action. If you want to find out more, just send me some bird day wishes at Dan Day Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and just look for Dan Day on Facebook. Not done yet, though. Tomorrow wouldn't be a bird day. It wouldn't be a celebration without hanging out with my two of my best friends, really three of my best friends, Hawk, Crowder, and Solana. We are going to hear from them next on maybe who the Dolphins should draft, but we can still celebrate that it is, once again, Tua's Day. This is, once again, 790 The Ticket Radio Rewind. Seven ninety, the ticket radio rewind. Running back some of the best audio you've heard here on Seven Ninety over the past twenty four hours. I am Dan Day, and we are celebrating for a myriad of reasons today. Number one, it is the drummer of Cool in the Gang, George Brown's seventy first birthday. Also, co founder of the band Blondie and guitarist Chris Stein. He's just one year younger at seventy. Chris Stein. Who wouldn't want to be in a band with Debbie Harry at the CBGB playing Call Me? Okay, I'll shut up and just let you listen to a little bit of the glory that is Cool in the Gang Celebration. And don't look now, tomorrow's my birthday. So, man, we got a lot of reasons to celebrate. Plus, we're back together. No heat game on tonight to get in our way. Just you, me, 
good tunes, maybe some visits from Tobin, Leroy, Zaslow, and Amber. We'll get to Hawk and Crowder in a minute. Love the music. In fact, just moved into a new apartment, and I didn't have internet this past weekend, so when I got off of work, I legit just went, plugged up my computer, started playing some music, drinking some beer, and I call sitting on my front porch. It's like a front porch, but it's more of like a sitting area or balcony in the front of my apartment complex, and for hours, just sat out there enjoying music and some beers and just looking out into the night. I'm sure my neighbors are very, very scared now. Don't be scared, though. Hawk and Crowder got you taken care of weekdays from 2 to 6 right here on 790 The Ticket. Earlier today, celebrating possibly the final Tuesday. And what do the Dolphins do when it comes to the upcoming NFL Draft? I guess officially, Crowder, the final Tua's day of the season. And Tua had a nice little you know, Instagram yeah. post. But I say it, you know, we sent it out on the push notification and the Twitter accounts for 560 and 790. But I say final Tua's day of the season a little tongue-in-cheek because my gut instinct is we're going to be talking about him for a while. Not just, <laughs> yes. uh, I don't think it's coming to an end today. Unless, unless at 3 o'clock when Brian Flores and Chris Greer meet with the media unless they say we are telling you definitively and they may they may Tua is our quarterback of the future we loved what we saw we are not even considering drafting a quarterback because we have so many needs so many areas of need and that could happen at three o'clock oh yeah I would I would say it's not gonna happen I don't think it will right but, but it could it do, but <laughs> but until draft night when the Jets don't take Justin Fields at two then we're talking about it again well if the Jets don't take Justin Fields at two then Adam Gaze hack their systems because <laughs> I don't know why you would stick with how long has Sam Darnold been the Jets quarterback this is third season? At least three, maybe yeah. four. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> what, are we, what are we doing there? <laughs> he had no weapons, Hawk. He had a bad OC, you know, a contact. He had Le'Veon Bell in the backfield for a little bit. But Adam Gase had him in, in, in bubble wrap. He wouldn't even bring him off the sideline. There is a story on ESPN.com from Cam Wolf, uh, who we enjoy his work. We enjoy talking to him about the Dolphins and the press conference. The press conference today, by the way, 3 o'clock. It, we, we told you yesterday during the show it would be 2 o'clock. They've moved it back one hour. So the general manager, Chris Greer, and the head coach, Brian Flores, will address the media at 3 o'clock. But th- there's a story on ESPN.com from Cam Wolf that just says the number three pick will reveal how committed the Dolphins are to Tua Tonga-Vailoa. And it's a fairly long story. But one of the things, if you go, if you scroll way down, it says what the Dolphins are saying. If it was important to the Dolphins to quiet speculation about the draft, Flores could definitively say Tonga Iloa is the franchise's quarterback and they don't plan to draft his replacement. But that shouldn't be expected because the Dolphins rarely show their cards publicly. They didn't do it as they approached the selection of Tonga Vailoa at number five in uh, in uh, the 2020 draft, and doing so this year would hurt their leverage if they hope to trade the number three pick. Fans might be frustrated by the topic of replacing Tonga Vailoa after one year, but it can't be ruled out. That's what Cam Wolf writes. So here's what the team is saying. He says, Tonga Vailoa on if he expects to be the Dolphins 2021 starter. I don't think I have control over any of those things. I think all I can do is continue to grow, continue to get better. Then in the offseason, just get with a good amount of guys and see what we can do from there going into next season. Flores, Cam, uh, Cam Wolf writes, in November about the idea of the Dolphins needing to audition Tonga Vailoa 
ahead of the 2021 draft. We brought Tua here because we believe in him, same as all other draft picks. We believe in developing players. That would be the opposite of giving someone a 10-game audition and uh, center Ted Karras yesterday on Tua. The biggest jump you take in my experience is from year one to year two, being more familiar with your guys. He's going to have a full offseason, which will be great for him. Just take advantage of all those moments to get reps with the guys. This is a repetition sport. He's going to make a big jump. I'm excited for him. And then Cam Wolf goes on to write, you know, what the options are, right? And so Trevor Lawrence goes number one. That's expected. But then he writes, there's two other quarterbacks Miami could consider. Justin Fields, obviously. We know uh, we saw him in the uh, in the Ohio State game the other night. And, uh, and Zach Wilson from BYU. And Cam Wolf writes, this is his conclusion. We don't know enough about Tonga Vailoa as an NFL player to say he is or isn't the Dolphins' long-term answer at the position. Ultimately, I don't believe the Dolphins should or will draft a quarterback with the number three overall pick. The belief here is Tonga Vailoa deserves more than he was given in 2020. Nine stars with one of the NFL's worst wide receiver groups when it comes to getting separation, a rookie-laden offensive line, and a scheme that was originally built with Fitzpatrick in mind to prove he's the guy, and we've seen enough glimpses to believe he can be in time. The number three pick from Cam Wolf would be better used on building blocks to add around Tonga such as game-changing wide receivers Devontae Smith, as we talked about yesterday, or Jamar Chase from LSU, or uh, Sewell, the offensive tackle from Oregon. I think you mentioned him yesterday. But Cam writes, the Dolphins would be foolish not to at least evaluate the quarterbacks in this draft class. It's a volatile topic sure to be debated for the next three-plus months leading up to the draft, and Dolphins general manager Chris Greer and Brian Flores will have to decide if they are 100% committed to Tonga the answer will define how they proceed. And so when I say today is the final Tua's day of the season, haha, wink, wink. <laughs> you know um, what? But, but I think I think Cam kind of wraps it up uh, pretty well there. To that point, though, because I was I was just you know scro- uh, scrolling through Twitter today and saw some crazy fans mock draft and Lawrence Fields Wilson. They're going to be top ten guys, you know, it, it, unless something crazy happens. What about a Mac Jones or a Kyle Trask in the second round? Yeah, I I have no problem with that. Mac Jones more than Kyle Trask just after. Yeah, uh... <laughs> but uh, no, I he had me at the beginning of the season. Yeah. He had me at the beginning of the season. No, I I would I wouldn't mind taking a flyer on a Trask or. A Jones in the second or third rounds. Will they last to the third? Maybe not the third, but we have the yeah. four, you know, four top 40s yeah. and all yeah. that. So, yeah, I was just looking at it and I saw it. I was like, oh, that's interesting because then it's not the number three pick where now, you know, you have to get, you know, Josh Rosen, where you got to go now. We took the dude with the third pick. You take him with 40, if you can get one of those second level guys, and now you have two young quarterbacks to evaluate. They can back each other up. They can work with each other. I just, I didn't think it was a terrible idea. Yeah, a little, a little insurance policy, right? Just yeah. a little insurance policy. Like, but, uh, but the, the who, argument would be on the other side what if you can get a good running back there to give to us so now you're 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 getting his backup you're getting his insurance policy why don't you just get him more weapons that would be the opposite side of that you know again if you if you gave me my choice and we talked about this extensively yesterday and then just reading the cam wolf story there he didn't get a fair shot a fair evaluation the team was ryan fitzpatrick's right so ryan fitzpatrick was the starter for a while tua was a backup and then when he came in again 
strange season, no real camp. So he comes in, he takes over, he gets pulled a couple of times. He's got a uh, a receiving core, as uh, Cam Wolf pointed out there. I mean, just uh, dreadful in separation. So he, he, he anything that he had to throw had to be with pinpoint accuracy, right? And mm-hmm. and and oftentimes had to check down. I mean, we saw it. Not a great running attack, rookie offensive line. Like there were a lot of things going against him. I want to see this dude when he comes into camp as the incumbent starter with weapons. So I. I'd be more apt to take receivers and running backs in the first and second and third rounds and uh, and see what he can do with an entire season that way because my gut instinct is he's going to be really good. I'm there with you. I'm yeah. right there. Just yeah, There's some options they have to do. And Chris Greer, you know, I trust him. I think the draft last year was really good. So I trust Chris Greer, Brian Flores. But, yeah, just who is going to be that backup? Like Jake Rudock, I, I don't know about him. I don't know if he's going to be there. I believe Ofici might retire. So, yeah, I think we, need, we have to address that as well. But I do know that they need to go the route of – either a good free agent acquisition or a high draft pick for running back because you can't go shopping for a Jordan Howard again. No, that, no. I think, we learned, right? We what? Who Didn't they have someone the year before, too, that was uh, – who am I thinking of? Matt Breida and Jordan Howard were – Matt's on the team, but he's – Well, Matt Breida – yeah, Matt Breida – I don't know if they used him properly, but obviously whatever they, they – they loved Miles Gaskin. They didn't love Breida. Yeah. They didn't love Jordan Howard, obviously. They didn't love uh, – I guess Salvin Ahmed a little bit, but uh, – You know what? When I, when I – after I said uh, Fitzy's name, I wouldn't want Fitzy back. I would, but it, it's going to be the, the same conversation we're having now that we had. I know um, Broncos I know. game that like this is going to be the entire what 2021 a season. But what a luxury! Do you want Flores to have the luxury of doing that of the closer? Yes, yes, Ugh. because because you saw it. You mentioned Denver. So Denver, when uh, when who's it? Uh, Locke. was it? Locke? when he went down. Who was it? It was it was Brett oh, Rippin, right? Rippin I mean, you something. don't you don't want that. You don't want that. You want uh, a guy. First of all, Fitzpatrick, very good tutor, gets along well with Tua. Like I, I if if I had my druthers, I'd come back with Tua and Fitzy next season, and it would just be reversed. Tua's the incumbent starter. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know as a player. I don't know as a receiver. I don't. You know, it's just the the, the team too. The team. It could create drama. It could create knowing, drama of knowing yeah. that. Look at it. If I'm Devontae Parker and I look at my numbers with Fitzy and my numbers with Tua. You know who Devontae wants. Bro, hey, Tua, don't your hamstring hurt a little bit this game? Yeah. And then actually Devontae tweeted Tua or uh, Instagram Tua back, throw me the ball more, like as a joking manner. But we all know, you know, what they're what, little jests. There's truth in all jokes. Yeah, man. I I don't know. And I love Fitzy now. I respect him and I love what he did for this organization for a couple years. But I don't know if you go back there next year with them. Somebody text in Travis Etienne. I would take him in a heartbeat. Over to Alabama, over Harris? Over Harris. Hey, either one. I like yeah. ETN a lot. Let's get headlines here with Alejandro Solana on this Tua's Day. It was called a must-win victory yesterday for the Miami Heat, and they accomplished it. Must win. They're now 3-3. Three Arian three. Foster, someone texted in. That's who I was thinking of. That was a few seasons ago. 2016. Arian, that was Arian, a 2016 Arian Foster, was a, that was another... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there were a couple times they went shopping for a running. Remember no Sean Moreno? <laughs> oh, my goodness, yeah. Is he about to retire? Let's see what he had left in the tank. Aaron Somebody texts in uh, Cameron Harris from the U in the middle of the draft. I think he said he's going back to the U. I think Cameron Harris is returning to uh, University of Miami. Although somebody hit the transfer portal today. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll let uh, I'll let uh, Solana get to it. Go ahead. You're so the Heat won. Yes, that uh, did you watch that OKC team? 
<laughs> did did, did you watch was. that? I mean, there was, come on. Kelly Odo, baby. They came when Kelly O was playing Kelly-O. like that. Everybody looks bad. Kelly O. I'll jump to the uh, the Canes news. So this actually just broke about five minutes ago. Safety Bubba Bolden, he posted on Twitter, he's staying at the U for another year. Oh, cool. Yeah. And wow. the player you're referring to who left via the transfer portal hawk, linebacker. Hamadou Diallo. Patrick Joyner. Patrick oh, I'm Joyner. I'm still thinking about OKC, my bad. Enters the <laughs> NCAA transfer portal. OKC, no bueno. Miami, very good. Not surprised. Players are sticking around in the 305. After all, where better place to go? Also, you're at the U in Coral Gables. You can walk down to Titanic Brewery, get some beers if you're of age. Great food. Oh, man, it's a magical place. Miami, Magic City, baby. Magic City. Thanks for joining me for the magic tonight. Had some fun. Good to be here. Got a heat game tomorrow night, so not really going to be joining you very much. But I'll be at 26 Degree Brewing out in Pompano Beach. You can stop by. I'll be hosting trivia. It'll be my birthday. So at some point in the night, I will probably be drunk. Not while I'm calling out trivia, but it's my birthday after all. And you know how I like to get down. Of course, you can download the podcast for this show or any of the shows that you hear on 790 The Ticket by going to our website, theticketmiami.com, go to the radio.com app, or wherever you get your podcasts for absolutely free. Of course, if you have any questions for me, because sometimes I talk a little bit too fast or I talk a little too deep, not a problem. Hit me up on all the social medias at Dan Day Radio. I try to make it interesting, pictures of food, beer, the beach, maybe some babes here and there. It's always, always a good time. It's always a good time hanging out with you no matter what day of the week it is. But my time is up, so I am getting out of here. Let's do it again soon. This is 790 The Ticket Radio Rewind. Later, slug. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.